Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. I'm Matt Acevedo, joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Christian Humes, and Emily Rose. How's everybody doing today? Long time no see. It has been a while. Yeah. For a little behind-the-scenes news here, we just recorded the previous episode <laughs> moments ago. No, Christian, you're, you, you've unveiled the curtain. You've broken the illusion. You're banned from the magic club. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Pay no attention to the Zoom call behind We're the audacity. That's right. <laughs> Let's just jump into it. We got a silly cast and crew this this ep. Uh, it, you mind if I just kick it off? Yeah, kick man. It. Season 3, Episode 3, Division 3, Episode 3. Let's do this. So this is a movie you may not have seen or heard in quite a while, but I know many a millennial, such as myself, had the VHS tape and coveted the story of Free Willy. That's right. We're talking about Jesse, the 12-year-old orphan boy who befriends an orca, and they both grow and learn and save one another. That's right. And you versus, you know her all. You know her. She, she is obsessed with unicorns, zombies, and Jimmy Pesto's butt. I'm talking about Tina Belcher from Bob's Burgers. You want to hear my impression? Oh, hey, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I do. We'll <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I like that. Uh, what uh, what I love about Tina Belcher is how she's so like both of her siblings are sort of different agents of chaos. Like if they were to be put on like a you know a grid, she would both both of her siblings would be chaotic, probably chaotic neutral and chaotic evil. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But but she is lawful neutral. Lawful maybe neutral, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But girl, yeah. here's why I love about But it about feels Tina. like a big departure because the other two are so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, hey, you know what? Being like the elder sibling, I get that 100%. Oh, interesting. Like my younger brother, Agent of Chaos, me, when you're the eldest, you have a lot of responsibilities on your shoulder. Mm. You're expected to be the good child. You're, expe- you're expected to be the example. And so I get it. She doesn't have the freedom, nor does she, has she had the ability to be this Agent of Chaos that Luis or... uh. Uh, her brother are yeah and she what i love about tina is is man like she knows what she wants she like like she doesn't like she has secrets but like she's very open like she's like very comfortable with like what she likes and what she doesn't like and is honest about all of that you know what i mean she wears it on her sleeve honestly like i love bob i think bob is arguably the best character of the show i, I think tina, I love for me bob. Tina for me is a very close second just because she does she's in that teenage stage where she's trying to figure things out she's trying to become this adult she's figuring out who she is and for me that is like all the stuff she goes through is such like the real parts of what I remember from like my kind of middle-aged adolescence going into high school figuring out your crushes crushing yeah. hard over someone writing fan fiction the fan fiction cracks me oh up my she feels gosh. very real and-, and and the and the personal like the I think that I especially love about her too are like, and I know other shows do this, but I think Bob's Burger does this so well. Like yeah. the the daydreams of like I am the lead character of my own story and everything goes right, and like I am the dancer that everyone wants. Like, heck yeah, I was a kid who like in middle school was like, if you're bullied or if you're not really a cool kid, like I, of course I loved magical girl shows because I secretly hoped that I was a magical girl. So I think if you're one of these nerds or there's someone who's bullied or you, you don't have a lot going for you, you fall in love with these very hero like narratives. And I think 
Tina is such the embodiment of like the adolescent uh, person becoming who they are, but also like holding on to these fantasies and trying to be right. better, but also living out in their imagination. And that's like her, that is like her, that's just her character. That's just who she is. That doesn't even talk about like the achievements and things that she have done in, like in the show and episodes and stuff. Like she's a strong contender, I think. Have you ever noticed how, so Bob's Burgers, I think accomplishes something that many other cartoon family shows don't. There's so mm-hmm. many animated shows that, I mean, I don't even know 100% if I would give this to The Simpsons, but The Simpsons sort of took the idea of a sitcom and was like, let's make a sitcom style family, but animated. But it's like too Looney Tunes-esque at times. Mm -hmm. And then it was like Family Guy tried to do it and other people. And like their shows were successful, but I don't think any of them, um, they all went too far with how weird you can make animation. Oh, yeah. And like how crazy the characters were that like just it was the situations missing... and the scenarios. Yeah, it was yeah. missing the wholesomeness. Whereas like Bob's Burgers, they were like, no, like what if this is straight up just like a family? And like every now and then, like sitcom level, sitcom level weird stuff will happen, but it won't be anything to the extent that we see on. I mean, other family cartoon animated. I shows. totally agree. And, and I know we're going on a rant about Bob's Burgers, but for me, like what I love about this show that separates it from all those other shows. If we're talking about it on like an improv level, like this is what like in, in at UCB, they have a form called the Herald. Like this show is like what that, what that wants to be. You know what I mean? Like every Herald should be like that. Every episode, it always starts very grounded in point in this one place. And then we get three branch off of like usually three different side stories. Uh, and then at some point they collide. And then like we have a, res- you know, it's like, it's such a, it's like a perfect example of like what, a, a, a herald is and it's all based in like this groundedness of of being working at this in this small at this restaurant in a small town and then like that's that's like the, the base reality and then like all the these like you'll get like subtle little things out of the older ordinary that takes them on this crazy like awesome journey you know i think it's such yeah. a well-written show i really i love that show yeah i agree it uh it's kind of incredible because he reminds me a little bit of uh, she reminds me a little bit of steve urkel like, oh, I yeah. feel like you could take her character and have a live action version, show up for an episode of Family Matters, interact with Steve, and it would not be crazy. And you could also animate Steve into an episode of Bob's Burgers and interact with Tina there. And, like, they would get along. Like, they would hang. Like, I feel like she's a really dynamic, well fleshed out character. And now that brings us back to Jesse. Jesse is interesting <laughs> because it, he's he basically, his story is, like, heartwarming. So yeah. they, they share that in common, these characters. Mm-hmm. But it feels like he's just constantly being thrust into these bad positions, which it's like his whole story is about found family. He's an orphan and like, you know, he has his foster parents and then there's orphan? like a brother. Yeah. Orca. Orphan. Orca. <laughs> yeah. He's an orphan and an orca. Well, and that's, and his story, uh, in the way that he finds like family in the orca, the orca finds family in him and he finds his own sort of family in his world. And then there's like the sequels where he has like, a loss of an actual blood relative, like the only one that he knew. There's all these kinds oh, of things geez. that happen in his story, but all of it feels like this character that is like being kind of put through these sort of like tragic, he's a tragic character. Yeah. And it's supposed to be about, I guess, like watching someone who like exists in tragedy, tragedy kind of pull himself up by his bootstraps and like, like make something whale. of himself. Yeah. But at the same time, like it feels very like, 
like the like we haven't even really discussed it much but uh, like as i'm just thinking about the journey his character goes on it's a little too unbelievable and i'm that's comparing it to like this cartoon character who's been through stuff i think tina is such a real character yeah she feels more real to me even though she's drawn just like he this kid doesn't have a support structure you know and he's like scamming people and so he's made to go clean graffiti off of the sort of like sea world kind of place like as his punishment like that's like part of his community service and it's just like Sure, I could see him befriending the whales and this and that, but then, like, he's literally, like, saving the whale, setting it back out to the ocean, and just all these things that happen, it feels like a children's story, like, his character exists only to teach you lessons, Right. whereas, like, we watch Tina, like, learn and, like, live and exist. It's very fantastical, very Disney, very, like... Yeah, yeah. but, like, old Disney, like, they didn't give him, like, I don't... I don't know didn't if this really, could exist really out of a tragedy, like something bad outside happening. outside of orphan and troublemaker. Yeah. Also likes whales. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, killer whale will bite your arm off, kid. Oh, yeah. Killer whale, scary. Scary. You don't, scary. You don't want to run into those. Yes, absolutely they are. That's why they have that name. Uh, but you know who has a killer sex drive? Dolphins? It's Tina. Oh. It's Tina. Yeah. <laughs> Dolphins? <laughs> First it was furries, now it was dolphins. Dolphins are very, they're they're they are they they. Matt, they what are you horny. do in your free Can time? Can I say that here? Huh? What you do in your free time is up to you, Matt. <laughs> and, uh, I learned it in uh in a class. whatever porpoise you have to be searching these uh, things. Hey. Did you know an orca is is uh it is a porpoise, aren't they? Aren't they dolphins? I thought orcas no. were whales. They're whales. Aren't they? But isn't that like a I could be wrong. Is like it a subclass? like the square is the rectangle is a square, but a square is not a rectangle? Yeah, they're actually thing. dolphins. Orcas are a member of the do- dolphin family. They're not actually whales. Whoa! <laughs> they're just called killer whales. Harmful labeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's the hard. largest member of the dolphin family. So there you go. See, it's just it's like free willy. I don't know, man. Yeah, it feels like. I think the whale has more character than this boy. I was yeah. going to say the same thing. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I should have put Willie in the bucket. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say right now, for I don't have someone else, so for this episode, I'm going to be putting Willie in the bucket. Put, instead put, that, of, just put like, Willie in the bucket. Like, I don't even know what we talk about, right? Like, we talk about their interpersonal relationships. It's like, cool, Tina has so many. Like, he has yeah. one really strong one with this fish. Great. Have fun with that. That, that fish is never going to come see you again, my friend. Yeah. You may have created a momentary bond, but yes, he is uh, a dolphin and while a elephant never forgets, free willy forgets all. Tina Belcher's <laughs> going on to the next round. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably surprisingly I think one of the quickest rounds we've yeah, ever had. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a slaughter pretty yeah, easily. Ba- basically back to back to a recent one that we just had with the sun baby. Yes. Yeah. There's just like you go to compare the characters and like on paper, you're like, oh, great movie. I had such an attachment to it when I was younger. Yeah, absolutely. Put them in. And then you pull them out. And you're like, who is this kid? This He's just kid a sad is orphan milk boy. Toast. He is yeah. Blandy Blanderson. He's he's uh, Greenpeace Oliver Twist. Like, oh, my that's right. gosh. Bland Sandwich. But you know what is Bland Sandwich? This next matchup. Who you got? First of all, you know him. You love him. It's a stop motion animation film and a beloved child food book that's right it's none other than james from james and the giant peach that's right 
and James is going against the wizard himself. But the, the wizard that you nope. probably weren't expecting. What? What? Keep going. Oh, the, probably the wizard that you probably weren't expecting. I'm talking about the one who plays in the premiere of Super Mario Brothers 3 in California against the jerk boy, Jimmy Woods from The Wizard. So, Who's the little boy, not Fred, not Fred uh, Savage. Yeah. Yes. He is, he's his younger brother. Championship? It's yes, him. he does. Yeah, so that's he, he the won. thing. Yeah, that's the he's he has, you know, I bet if you made it today, they would make it more specific and they would speak to it and say he might be on like the autism spectrum, although it's more like, it's more he like actually, a grief thing because his sister dies. It is. And so it he is. kind of is so affected by grief. He just... It is. But he's also a savant is the thing. They right. give him also the savant trait. It's oh. very much like a kid Forrest Gump for video games. Gotcha. In, in yeah. a number of ways, except. Except that they do sort of reveal, like, actually, maybe he's just, like, a really talented, focused kid, and he just doesn't know how to reach out to people as his story goes on. I, I loved this ki- this movie growing up. This, oh, yeah. I must have been the perfect age for this thing when it came out. But, like, this was how they revealed Super Mario Brothers 3 to the yeah. United States was through this movie. Which Insane. is wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Also, by the way, and I still haven't gone to them, and I need to. I don't know why. It's, like, my secret shame is I've never been to those dinosaurs out here. In oh, California, really? yeah, I've never, I've never gone to them. From like Pee Wee's <gasps> Adventure and this movie, yeah. Well, they're in. They are the pivotal moment. They're the climax of this movie in many ways, because yeah. all he says is California. Like when people try to talk to him, he's like, "I want to go to California, mm-hmm. California. California," and like they don't know why. And he has this little lunchbox, and his basically he's got his two older brothers and his dad and his mom who wants to like send him to an institution. And his dad's like, no, he's fine. Like he just needs his family. And the parents are getting divorced and it's because of the anguish they're going through because Jimmy's twin sister died when yeah. they were all on a trip together. And he has in his, this lunchbox that he's always carrying around. People didn't know like pictures of his family and his like sister growing up. And the, those dinosaurs was the last place they took a picture together. So he wanted to go back there to leave like, he basically needed to deal with his grief, and he didn't know how to do it. And so everyone just thought there was something wrong with him. Right. Uh, it's it's a wild, crazy adventure. because Video like, game movie that has so much, like, yeah. wag, like, just depth to it. it Already, does. this character is much more fleshed out than Jesse ever was. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> and he's not even, like, he's he is a main character. He's a dual main character. Yeah, yeah. he's sort of, like, the secondary, like... Because they, they sort of Pro treat tag. his older brother sometimes like the main character because he's looking for Jimmy at times and chasing after him. But... And it's Fred Savage and he's cool. Yeah. You know? He's the but... video gamer. Yeah. But it's interesting because typically the so the, the movie has like the thing that everyone's trying to do that they're chasing the whole time. And in this, the kid is Jimmy is that thing. And he's also a main character. So it's actually like very dynamic because he's the thing that's driving the movie forward. For the other protagonist, but he also is a protagonist in the film. Yeah, um, I, I think it's is very wholesome, very interesting kit. But on the other hand, we got James. Got my boy James. Stop motion animated Ronald Dahl James. Uh, similar to kind of Jesse, orphan yeah. boy, uh, deals with some. He also deals with some early uh, traumatic situations. He was born to a loving family that loved him. Uh, and then they got killed by a sky rhino, like you do. Uh, so he gets shipped off to his aunt's where they abuse him, kind of Cinderella story-esque. They Pretty make awful. him do chores. They they take advantage of him. They don't let him kind of play with other kids. 
And so he befriends the bugs in his room and he doesn't let his ants kill any bugs. He, he saves the spider. He, he saves other bugs and he sings little songs to them. Uh, and then one day he meets a crazy old man who kind of, I guess, yeah, it's very much a Cinderella story. James, and the giant peaches, Cinder, uh, fairy godmother man gives James essentially like magic these, seeds, right? these were, no, it's these worms. It's these That's crazy right, glow little glow worms. And James accidentally spills them. And it's like, if you're supposed to, you're supposed to eat them and or you can make a wish. So the, one of the worms goes into this peach tree, makes a giant peach. And then uh, James finds his family through bugs. Yeah. <laughs> he finds his family through bugs. Then I him. like this. I like that as just the whole tagline. Cause you were very like illustrative with the rest of the way you <laughs> talked about it. And it made it sound so lovely. And then, and then it's like, James and the Prime Peach, he finds his family through bugs. And then through <laughs> through this adventure, he makes the bugs famous. You know what I mean? Well, like the, whole, the, the headlines, whole group becomes like... famous. And and James <laughs> himself, like, he has to, this rhino comes back with a vengeance. And he yeah. has to stand up to this rhino. And him by him standing up to this rhino and just saying, you, I mean, I I'm not afraid things, of you. I'm not afraid of you, which as a kid growing up, I think in the books it's a much more it's a much more literal rhino. I think in the movie it was much it was kind of implied to be a little more figurative. So was the rhino like an accident? Was it an illness? We don't really know what it was, but almost James confronting death and just becoming brave and saying, "I am no longer afraid of death," uh, is his big character growth moment. And also, yeah. His he finds his family through the most unlikely of places, but it's the people that he's cared about. It's the bugs that he took care of when he was when they needed him, and in turn they take care of him when and they get the when he ants arrested, the huh? And they get the ants arrested because he lands they on top the of the ants, Empire State Building, and, and then, they're like, and the, they're like, they're the monsters, and they they see that the monsters were actually the the ants and the not the bugs. So it's on the inside that counts. And then everybody in, in New York is real chill with like giant human sized spiders and a centipede and a cricket and an earthworm and a ladybug living in the shell of a shriveled up peach telling childhood stories to children that come by. That's great. Yeah, until they start shedding their skin and you start walking around finding giant pieces of exoskeleton and then people are like, okay, we got to do something about this. There's just uh, like Jack five Skellington of them, right? No one's going to miss them. Let's just take yeah, care of this guy. Jeez, oh my gosh, now I can only well, how do we like compare shedding these two? skin. They're, they're actually yeah, pretty we got similar to. because unfortunately, like, uh, like, it's like, that's their story. Like, it's them coming with the grief. I don't, it's like Trauma how, and grief, yeah. Yeah. Outside for, of that. I, for who, the it's, wizard? It's a, for Jimmy? Huh? For Jimmy? Or for, for both. both for of James them. and For both, Jimmy. yeah. Although I would say because, so so that's actually interesting because Jim James actually seems like he has more of a true hero's journey, like folklore, tale, like tall tale story so he has like a lot more agency whereas like jimmy literally is just on the run the whole time there's a guy from child services who's chasing after him and then they befriend this this sort of girl who has like an abusive dad and so she runs away with them so now they're also trying to escape like the police the whole time like but it is all just him like being like i have to carry this torch and light this flame like sort of like internal metaphor that he has the whole time but that is his whole thing like other than that he's like i really like to play video games but he's like very quiet like he clearly like likes to talk about like like he loves certain things and his family and playing games but we we don't know anything else about him we haven't seen him like do other things like we don't know but like james it's not james makes 
decisions throughout the whole story. He does. Like, he, he becomes yeah. a leader. He, cause like, I mean, the, and he, he first, brings relationships together. Yeah. And at first too, like he's definitely like not on board with these big old bugs. Like, it's not like he shows up and it's like, this is really cool. I'm soups down with this. He is like, uh-uh. And he has to warm up to the bugs. And once he realizes that they, while they are bugs on the outside, they are very kind souls on the inside, he starts to warm up. And yeah, he even goes as far as to mend relationships. The earthworm, I think, has an anxiety disorder. He he assists the earthworm on its mental health journey. Uh, James, though being a child, is much... Like, they are the family that he needed, but he is also the guiding light that these bugs needed. Yeah. And that's that's the thing right there. Because Jimmy, as much as he's, like, this... I think he has a great journey, but a lot of the rest of, like, the adventure parts of his tale, which he's a part of, like, befriending this girl and, like, bringing them sort of into their... She's, she also has a found family story. Jimmy is still kind of limited, like, Jesse and Free Willy to be this sort of like moral compass for the film mm-hmm. and um he doesn't actually do the things like he doesn't really cause the problems that like the others do he doesn't like take on the child protection services guy he doesn't like cause any of the trouble like the biggest thing he does is he takes down lucas who is the villain of the he's the other power he's glove. the second villain yeah he's got the power glove like he's the but that's it like he just he beats lucas at a video game and like as cool as that was I don't think that's better than what James has to offer. I think there's more to talk about. So with James and I think Jimmy, Jimmy very much in the way that he kind of only had one thing to say. That's his sort of a one note character. Yeah. James is like a pair and sorry, Jimmy. What's his name? Oh my gosh. I just blinked on his name. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Woods and then James and the giant piece. Aren't they like some, like that's the same name. Like some people, Jimmy is yeah. James. Anyways, yeah, sorry. we have Jimmy, James, and Jesse. I think we're in this agreement here, right? <laughs> so like, many J names. Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy's just a little pair, but James is a giant peach. So oh. looks like he's going on. Looks like Jimmy's not going to the next level because wow, James wow, wow. is moving on to the Game final over. round. Uh, let's just do this. It's it's James versus Tina. I mean, two great characters, two great like adolescent characters. Yeah, let's just go through some some old school comparisons. I think let's let's, do it. let's grab some rounds here. So, Did anyone uh, think the spider was cute, or am I crazy? Oh, like, I want to cosplay that spider. That spider was French, and that spider was attractive. It was and an so attractive. Was the All right, then maybe the I got to see this again. The Brooklyn centipede. He was, was also great. attractive, right? He was also attractive, and I shipped those two. Those were I like that them was too. Like, I think they were great. Like a ship. Childhood ship. That was a you really. Know cool. I don't like anything with we more than like four legs. I don't like anything with more than four legs. <laughs> the more legs the worse so you're not you down think i centaurs. you think i dislike spiders show me a centipede wait do, do centaurs <laughs> have human arms they do yeah i wouldn't count a centaur as more than four legs centaur is four legs yeah and two arms yeah but i didn't say four limbs four oh, legs. okay for man here's too many things crawling on the ground it's tough this is a tough one if we're okay i want to get this one out of the way in terms of like you know like james's journey like it's it's it like it like it doesn't go past this. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Which yeah, is fine, but also but like it's just fine. But like I, I just wanted to say like like if we're talking about achievements or whatever, like like Tina somehow has done like a lot more stuff. So like I just want to get that out of the way, sure. So that we can like get into the other stuff. She has, but also like long term speaking wise, Tina has the sitcom problem of everything resets. Yeah. Like so, as much as she makes progress and there is growth. 
things like 99% turn back to where they yeah, were. Some things from where they are started. brought back up in future episodes, but nothing yeah. is like really permanent and changed forever. Yeah. And there's always regression as an option for these characters. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's always a limiter. But like, I, also, we have to be fair here. Neither, I don't think Tina, and, and, and this is, I think, in, in other categories, she'll probably be leading. But as far as like both a fictional impact, and a cultural impact. I think it's got oh, to go yeah. to Rodal's James and the Giant Peach. Like oh, we yeah. love Bob's Burgers, but that never set the world on fire. And it doesn't. It hasn't like inspired tons of copycats or anything. I think it has inspired some other projects, but it's not. Um, you know, it's not as pivotal. Yeah. You know, which which I think James being a part of such a grand thing that's so important to culture is definitely a point in his corner. Yeah, I think I he's like. I think the Ronald Dahl kind of. If you were to say the the cinematic or like the MCU Ronald Dahl verse, you got Matilda, you've got James, you've got Charlie, but I think yeah, I think James is definitely one of those best characters in that. Uh, oh gosh, in that didn't we have uh, Matilda go up against Darth Vader? I yeah, think I think she won her episode, but then lost Darth Vader. I was a total Order sixty six right there, dude. Yeah, that was that was tough for Matilda. Yeah, that was tough for Matilda. She was great though. Uh, Trunchbullish, but her and the fuck it. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's let's just continue these comparisons. Um, who would win a fight? Put him in a ring. James. This is, this is, I think James. I think James. Tina got... in a dance fight. Interesting, because I don't think James would fight, because that was like his whole thing. That's true. I mean, he did fight like pirate skeletons. He but defended. Tina's not bad. He'll right? fight when he needs to. He will defend. I think that's a good point. But isn't he, he defending defend. other people? So what if it's just him? Yeah, I don't think he'll fight. I think he'll try to do his best not to fight. Yeah, I think he yeah. would let Tina. Like, if it's not as long as it's not a fight to the death, I think. I think Tina would. And they're both kids. Yeah, it'd be like a slap. Like a eh, eh, eh. maybe Tina this is a wash. I think it's a wash, dude. Yeah, if it's not a strong enough argument in one of their cases, it's not worth. But I would watch it. I would watch that fight. I think she would just end up <laughs> being really into him because he's definitely a weird kid. And I think she she'd turn weirdos. it into a dance fight. She oh yeah. she totally she, Tina would win a dance fight. Oh yeah, big time. Even I, you know what? She would give him a run for his money for like a singing fight. I'm adding that to the list. Groove factor. Yeah, groove factor. Groove factor. Um, you know, I would, So here's I can have this is actually I think yeah, this yeah. Is a good question because okay. Um, you one could perceive James's experience with like you know the peach and everything as like his imagination. So let's say in this in this fight, it's his imagination. Would you consider who has the better imagination between these two? Because we see a lot of Tina's daydreams. I don't yeah, know if there's I, a better I, one. It's just different. They're actually. I would, yeah, I would argue that it, you, you, they're the same, just because his world is so bizarre that his daydreams aren't really any stranger than hers are. Yeah. yeah, like for her world, like hers would probably also be escalated if she lived in such a psychotic universe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, didn't she think she thought that there was a ghost that lived in her wall when it was yeah. actually yeah, her did. dad? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's so that, funny. I mean, they've dealt with they've dealt with like robbers. They've dealt with like so many crazy things that have happened on that show. Um, ah, there's but, thieves so, inside our room. Ah, <laughs> who's who's more likable? Because I think there's actually a big difference, and I think it's Tina. Because I think I think when you meet James, you only like him because you feel bad for him. I think he's an empathetic character. I think he's I a don't... cute little ginger orphan. Yeah, but that's but I think twist. that's like an empathetic character, right? Because it's not his personality that you like about him; it's his situation. Like I think Tina is so likable, even though she's like an awkward, weird, like it's kind of I think strange I think kid. Tina-able, I think Tina-able. I think Tina-able. Tina is likable to us from a way that we see ourselves in her. 
But if you look in her universe, she is not very likable in her. She's not. Well, desirable. but that would be different. That would be yeah. that would be her her like relationships with other people. We're just talking about like like what do people watching the show? Yeah. Like how yeah. likable is this character? Then yeah, Tina. Yeah. Because I agree with Tina. Yeah, because James is like a. I mean, obviously, all characters are a factor of their environment, but like James is really right because he is he like he may as well just be Jesse in some ways, like a, this orphan kid who's because in he's an surrounded extreme by scenario. These like he's surrounded by these really interesting characters. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, Cinderella. It's mm -hmm. sort of um, who is more relatable? Tina. Tina. Hands okay. down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, for I think like like gen no like everyone like I don't think like male female like uh um uh, they them like everyone I feel like can relate to to Tina. Do you think do you think James is sort of just another hero like he's basically an Odysseus he's like an Odyssey like kind of character. I think he has a little bit more personality than like your typical kind of hero's journey. I don't think he's like flat like Jesse. Yeah. I think he's definitely got his own personality quirks and it it's like. It's because of his kindness. It's because of who he is that the world starts to go. Things start to go better for him. Okay. And if and if it weren't for those kind, it weren't for his kindness, and it weren't for his his personality sets off the chain of events that then affect him. He this what are these his events flaws? don't happen to him without this in this vacuum. I don't. His flaws are he's poor and has bad. Aunts. No, I yeah, think I think his flaws right? is that he he he's he holds on to the past. He he lets fear control him. A lot of the story is him dealing with fear, the fear of loss, the fear of losing again. Uh and and yeah, I think he's someone who he he does not find the strength to stand up for himself until the very end, which is very similar to Tina. Tina goes on very much similar journeys with that as well, especially with the kids in her school. So it's finding that confidence in himself, finding that strength in himself. And yeah. I mean, I, I'll say, I think I was leaning more towards Tina, but now you're starting to make, make me think. I'm still kind of leaning towards Tina. Yeah, I'm, I'm still oh, okay. really leaning towards, towards Tina. Tina. Okay, okay, why? Because I just you just now made me think, like, yeah, he's a really good character. Well, I think, I think James is a very things. good I'm character. Like, yeah, you're right. I think James is a very good character and that he shows us kind of like a Disney film, like the power of if you are a kind person, if you are a good person, then the good things can will come to you eventually, even if you've had hard times. And I think he teaches us too that while we all experience fear and we all kind of have some self doubt, we can become stronger. We can believe in ourselves, and we can, you know, what family is what you make it. That's the big so lesson in James and the Giant Peach. Whereas Tina, I think, for the ultimate fictional character, Tina is arguably one of the most real characters to come out of new media in this in the in the early two thousands. And I think that is so important. I think Tina will go down in history with like the Lisa Simpsons as being one of the most important pivotal female characters. I like her better than Lisa Simpson. You too. don't like her better? Than no, no, I do. No, I, I do. do. I like her. Yeah. I think she's better. In Tina fact, is so real. And those writers yeah. capture what it means to be an adolescent so well that you can't. She is so likable. Even and we've she, seen her deal with things like you know, we've seen her deal with similar themes like grief and stuff. But. We've also seen her fail and try things, and like, and uh, you she's know. also like super weird. And who wasn't weird back then? We were yeah. all such like weird kids trying to find ourselves. And that is the best part of Tina is that she will be constantly and forever finding herself, That's as right. we all are. I feel like she's also a better and, and like you know like look. I think James is incredible, but maybe he's similar to Jesse. He maybe is like more of a cause than a character. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. he's there to tell you a story and a moral. Whereas Tina is 
always going through different stories and different morals and different lessons. And I think if we're all in agreement here, I think she's going to put up a very strong fight against Steve Urkel as an almost like animated version of him, but on a more modern, nuanced yeah. take. Absolutely. Wow. I think she might be point. a better nerd character maybe than Steve. I, I mean, that's we're going to have to really get into Steve and then we're going to start remembering how great he is. But like <laughs> that's I think that would be a great battle. And I think, um, you know, you really have me convinced for James for a second there just because it was like the scale it's you know it's sometimes hard to look past the scale yeah uh, yeah of absolutely. their story but um yeah i guess like we don't know what his like his he doesn't have enough flaws he doesn't have enough uh variety i right. i think i'm 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 same page as you guys and now it's so you know what's I, I i know that we mentioned earlier that tina is like you know she falls into the trap of she might fall into the trap of uh forgetting those lessons and stuff but i i still think like I don't know if I've seen a lot of repetitive lessons like in in the in like the way that we would talk about it in the sitcom. You know what I mean? Like I feel like a lot of her things seem to be like there sure there are things I carry over, but I feel like it's usually something new. No. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I honestly can't recall a time that's like like even her and Jimmy Pesto, like they're they are off and on. Like mm-hmm. like they you know what I mean? Like that which like I, and I don't think they ever make the episode about her loss of Jimmy or gain of Jimmy. It's usually like something else that that might trigger like her discovery and something else i don't know like i, I find her she kind of, i think she kind of breaks that clause a little bit i agree i'm in mm, i'm in too all right man well this went really well uh so i guess uh tina's going going on to the next round yay uh... <laughs> all right which means tina is going to be going up against oh not steve Urkel. no she'll have no. to win her Right, she'll have Steve and her will both have to win their first matches in the division finals to face each other, but maybe that will happen, maybe it won't. Uh, let's see who is going to be in the final round for Division 3, which means there's, after these four, there's only 16 characters left Jeez. in the season. Yep, yeah, so we're almost there. If you guys have anyone that you want to add, if you want to think about someone uh, momentarily, How? How is go this for po- it. Um, I, I've already decided I'm going to put Willie in from Food Willie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Of course, uh, of course. So if you want to take a minute and think, I'm just going to grab the bucket. I've got my person. Go for it, Em. You know her. You love her. She's making a main character debut this fall in Marvel's Avengers. It is Miss Marvel herself, Kamala Khan. Wow. That's a big contender right there. She is one of the best Marvel characters, Marvel female characters out there right now. Awesome. Um, I would like to... Uh, introduce a character from a newer show oh. that is really great, and she is someone who kind of reflects the um, the struggles of female uh, experiences in the gaming industry, and that is Poppy Lee in uh, Mythic Quest, the head oh, uh, nice. game programmer for Mythic Quest. She's phenomenal. I think, if you guys haven't seen that show yet... Bro, it's um, so good. I need to watch it. It's, so it's incredible. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. And she's, she's um, just, Katie loves to do impressions of Poppy. It's great. Oh you have an God. iPhone. If you have an iOS device, I'm pretty sure you can sign up for a free month and watch. I'm pretty yes. sure you can get like a free month or even like a free week or something, and then just cancel. And it was like the only like quarantine episode that was actually very good. It's, it's a like... uh, it's unreal, unreal. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, right in the fields. Let's let you guys ready for this. The yes. final match for Division Four. This person Almost. will be facing Tina Belcher. Whoever wins this match first up. Sugar, spice, and everything nice. Bubbles. Oh! Whoa! 
from okay. Powerpuff Girls is going I'm up against it. Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Wow. And then we have my favorite, like, I don't know if people ship them, but I want this to be the case. Uh, Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh my god, uh, yes. Who plays Larry David <laughs> uh, versus Bulma from <gasps> Dragon Ball. Yes. Wow. Heck of an episode. And honestly, they're both incredible characters. So I'm that is going to be a weird and interesting fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm very excited for it. Tell us where you can find everyone, uh, Matt and Emily, and then we'll get out of here. You can find me at the Malcevedo on the socials at Massive Eventum Podcast and at Hit Points Podcast. Come say hi. And uh, Correcto Mundo. I got to remember to start plugging that because it's the show now on TV. <laughs> uh, Correcto Mundo, Monday nights at. Uh, I think 8 p.m. Central Time. Nice. And you can find me at frankly underscore Emily on the tweeters. Uh, I do some tabletop RPG stuff. I do Mass Effect Adventum. We do Hit Points Pod. And I write articles for Geek Girl Authority and Fandom every now and then. So if you like talking about video games, uh, come hang out in my Twitter chat. Or if you like talking about fall, because for me, Halloween is every day of the year. Same. Happy Halloween, Em. Happy Halloween to you too, Matt. You too, Christian. Heck yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, happy Halloween to y'all. And uh, I'm at Christian underscore Humes. I have the new Crown Club. It's called the Crown Club. It's a podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts that you like. And until next time, we'll see you in the ring. Uh.